Welcome to the Success in South Carolina podcast, where we will be hearing the untold stories of success from some of the top achievers in our home state of South Carolina. These neighbors of ours will also share their time-tested personal philosophies and solutions to inspire us, educate us, and help us find peace, joy, and love, along with a purpose, a mission, and a vision for our lives. And I'm your host, Jonathan Peoples. Our guest today lives in Greer, South Carolina. He is the Senior Director of Culture and Development for a large financial corporation. He's also the former president of ACA Toastmasters Club and has been a semi-finalist in the Toastmasters International World Championship of Public Speaking. He is one of the most genuinely empathetic and nice people I have ever met. Welcome to the show, one of my great friends, Jody Powell. Hey, Jonathan, how you doing? Thank you. Doing great, man. Yeah, glad to have you here, Jody. Uh, something I truly admire about you is just the high level of charisma and enthusiasm you have. Oh, wow, I, well, you're, you're setting the bar high already for me. I mean, we just got started. Yeah, and if I didn't know you, Jody, I believe this was a natural talent for you. But having heard a little bit about your backstory, I know that this is a skill that you have had to develop over time. Can you share some of your secrets on how you develop such charisma and enthusiasm? Well, it's it's really it, it really is interesting because I do believe that charisma, enthusiasm um, really comes from a mindset. So if you really want to start thinking about how to create charisma and how how you can be someone that that people will want to gravitate toward or or kind of, you know, want to be kind of the person that people want to talk to and will remember having a conversation with. It really starts with your mindset. You have to have a little bit of confidence. You have to have a little bit of faith in yourself. And then you have to practice. It's it's just like speaking in public. You are not going to be good at it the first time. You have okay. to do it over and over and over again. And you have to really get you have to really just kind of put it into practice develop that skill think think through it from a mindset perspective of what do i want to accomplish out of this how do i want people to remember me, remember me and and basically what you're doing is that you're establishing what you what you want your brand to be right and it's a tricky thing when you talk about a mindset and you have to have confidence but then you also have to do it over and over again cuz messing up it doesn't necessarily always instill confidence right jody Absolutely. And that's the one thing that we all have in common is that none of us are perfect. We're going right. to screw up. We're going to say things. And we're like, oh, why did I just say that? I guarantee you that within this, the next time, this, this time that we have together, I'm going to say something. I'm like, oh man, that was terrible. But at the end of the day, it, it's funny. I actually heard a story today. I was listening to, to the radio on the way into the office and I love to listen to sports talk. And the story was about golf and they were interviewing a, a pro at a local course, and, and they were talking about how, you know, golfers, even amateur golfers, just hackers like us going out there and just hacking around and, and having fun and cutting up. What we'll do when we come off the golf course, we'll remember like the four or five bad shots we hit. We won't remember those great shots. It's those four or five bad shots that's like, oh, yeah, well, you know. How'd you shoot? Well, I did fine, but you know, I, I triple bogeyed 14 and I hit it in the water on seven. And those are the things we lead with. And it's a mindset because really at the end of the day, there's like just a few of those shots in there and the rest of it, you played either pretty good or you hit a couple of great shots. We never lead with that. Mm. And so it's kind of the same thing. You know, it, it's really changing your mindset to be, to be just as to think about the positives, think about how the things that went well. And, and building on those and learning from the things that where you messed up and, and just kind of letting just forgetting that shot and moving on to the next one. So it takes a little bit of being intentional, right? It, it absolutely is intentional. And it's really intentional, especially when you when you have to have to move on, you have to move on from the from the squibs, from the mess ups, from from, you know, hitting in the water or just hitting a fat drive like I tend to do. And it just slices off to the right. I'm terrible at golf. I love to play it. I'm just not very good at it. Uh, you have to let those things go and and think about, you know, how you could have done it better and then move on and do it better. I know that we're naturally built to think of the negative things, to see the negative things. And a lot of us, myself, I've been a, a business growth consultant for uh, the past 16, 17 years. And one of the things I get paid to do is go into a company and see what is not working right. So it's, how do you 
intent, you know, even though it's intentional, how do you develop that? What are some tangible things? Like, do you go after, after you go through a golf game or whatever, maybe after you go through a, uh, a speech that you've put on and you walk off the stage, you probably have speakers remorse. Like, man, I should have said this. I, I missed a point. I missed whatever. How do you, do you write down all the positive things? What does Jody do to keep that level of confidence and, and intentionally look at the great things? Yeah, that's a good question. So I have a, I have a mentor uh, that I have in Toastmasters whose name's Lee Holiday, and Lee is fantastic. What I depend on Lee for is feedback. And anytime I give a speech in Toastmasters or anytime that he hears me uh, lead a meeting or, or play a particular role within Toastmasters, I ask him for feedback. And this is how he gives it to me. He says, he puts it into three categories. He says, first, these are the things that I saw that I liked. And then he'll list them out. I saw that you used a lot of hand gestures and you had stage presence and you moved around. Then he'll say, these are the things that I like that I heard. And then he'll tell me everything that, that I said that went well or that resonated with him. And then the last thing that he'll say is, now here's how you can get even better. And so what that does is it automatically puts you in a mode of receiving feedback as you should. And that's as a gift because that's what it is. And so I tend to do that for myself. I'll think about, okay, here are the things that I feel like I did right. Here are the things that I feel like I said right. But here are the things that I think could have went even better. And so when you push position it in that way, it, it no longer, feedback no longer becomes this negative thing where like, oh, you're going to tell me everything that I did wrong. No, it's, it's, here's what I did right, but here's how it could be even better the next time. So it's a mindset of improvement. It's a mindset of getting better. It's a mindset of taking the things that may not have gone as well as you wanted them to and preparing for the next time so that they will. And is that person that's talking with you, that uh, mentor, I assume that's super important because we all have our own blind spots. We walk off and we, we may only see the bad things. We may not even be able to see the things we liked. How do you, how do you use that mirror of a mentor? Yeah, you know, it's, it's so important to find someone that can be your sounding board, someone that'll be honest with you, someone that will give you pure raw feedback if, if that's what you're seeking. And it should be what you're seeking because I'm my own worst critic. I will, I will practice a speech or I will think about something that I'm doing and I'll think about all of the things I'm doing wrong. Even now, I'm, we're having a conversation and in my mind, I'm listing out the things like, oh, no, I shouldn't have said that. I said, uh, I said, um. And so I'm starting to just build this list of negative things. But when you have someone that is is on the outside looking in, that is providing you with feedback, they're going to tell you the great things that you did. They should tell you the great things you did and the things that you could improve upon. So you're getting kind of a little bit of both. And so your mindset isn't, isn't going straight to the here's what I did that was terrible. Here are the things that I said that I shouldn't have. Oh, you know, it just, it, I hate the way my voice sounds. I hate the way, you know, my hair looks or whatever it is. Uh, we, we just tend to go there. And so when we get that positive in, in that, that, that reinforcement that, Hey, there are a lot of things that you did that went well. And then there are things that you could do that would make it even better. And you get that from someone just kind of from the outside looking in. It's it's so impactful, and that's that's why I love Toastmasters. That's what's great about the Toastmasters Club is the fact that you just get just tons of feedback, and it's all for the purpose of making you better. and And that's how we should see feedback. It's a gift. So you highly recommend Toastmasters, then? Oh, I love Toastmasters. I've been in Toastmasters for about two and a half years, and you know it's just been one of those transformational things for me. It's it's so much more than developing public speaking skills. I mean, that's what it's about. It's about helping you develop that communication skills. But there's so many leadership qualities that you learn in Toastmasters. You learn how to run an effective meeting. You learn how to build an effective agenda. You learn how to give feedback. You learn how to receive feedback. You also learn how to do things uh, and, and become more comfortable speaking in public. But that's just a small part of it. And, and that's what has really been a surprise for me in Toastmasters. I, I joined really to hone my public speaking skills. And what I've ended up doing is, is honing my leadership skills, which has just been a blessing. It really has. I, I personally believe communication is one of the top skills for any profession. Uh, you mentioned it helped, it's helped you with leadership, but it helps develop this thing inside of you to move up in your career, no matter what, where you're at. If you're even an engineer, if you're an artist, if you're uh, in any, a teacher, I mean, I can't think of anyone that it doesn't. Even a coder or a programmer, if you're working behind a computer all the time, you still need those communication skills. You still need those speaking skills. So being an expert speaker, I'm going to call you an expert, whether you think it or not. <laughs> can you share some of those tips on, on how we can become better communicators, Jody? I think there are a few things. I, it, it's funny when, when people mention communication, the first thing they think about is, 
well, how can I become an elegant speaker? Or how, how can I become, you know, have a robust vocabulary? But I think the most important thing you can do in communication is learn how to listen. Just be an active listener. That's so important in communication because so often I can see it in, in people's faces when we're having conversations, their minds are already spinning and their, their wheels are turning and they're trying to think of the next thing that they're going to say instead of listening to what I'm saying. And well, I have I'm totally a guilty of that. I've done yeah, that many I, times. I, I, I do. I have a tendency to do the same thing. And so it, it really takes, uh, it takes intentionality. It takes practice to be able to actively listen, to be able to not only respond to what someone says, but I mean, I think one of the greatest things you can do in listening is just to, is just to say back to them what they just said. So what I'm hearing you say is, and then just tell them exactly what they said so that you make sure you understand what they're saying. And then you can formulate that response. We're just too quick to want to jump in and say what we want to say. And, you know, for, for me, the first thing in communication has to be active listening. You have to be able to hear what the other person's saying. I feel like every time I've done the paraphrasing thing before, I need to get better at that. So you're going to have to teach me how to do that better because I feel like a psychiatrist saying, here's what I hear you saying. <laughs> so, and, uh, and they need to be on a couch. So how do you, I guess I remember the old uh, movie, the couch trip when he said, I hear you saying this. And uh, so Jody, how do you become better at that? Even just that one thing of paraphrasing, listening. Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting. It depends on the context for sure. But a lot of things that I like to do, I like to ask a lot of questions based on what people are saying. Uh, you know, some, some of the folks that work for me, it really gets on their nerves because they'll come in and say, here's the problem that we have. We have to do this. We have to figure out that. And I'm like, well, what do you think we should do? Oh, they hate that. man. They hate it. And, and so I do that though, because I really want to understand what their perspective is, what the ideas are, because I, I have ideas. I can certainly try to provide an answer, but hey, look, I'm not always right. Everything that I say isn't, isn't correct by any, by a long shot. So it, it really comes down to being able to ask questions and listen, uh, you know, instead of saying what I hear you say is you can say, you can turn it around and ask questions like, so well, if you're saying this, then what about this? So you're at least acknowledging the fact that you've heard them say something and now you want to move on to the next thing and really understand what some of the solutions could be to the problem or, or what, what they're trying to say. What are the root causes that are, that are creating the situation? So that way you're just not robotically saying the same. This is what I hear you say over and over again. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, and sometimes you have to play that therapist role, right? Um, you know, people come to you and they, and they're complaining about something, but, but at the end of the day, it's really about something else. And so you dig yeah. down, you do a little root cause analysis and, and, and you find out exactly what's going on. Well, I've heard you speak twice now, Jody. I have been blessed to hear you speak at a, a communication boot camp and then another time. And I know one of the speeches, I heard a little bit about the shifts in your career and your career path has not been a straight line. It, it really hasn't. You know, it, it's funny. I, I've started out thinking that I knew exactly what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. And, and it has nothing to do with what I'm doing right now. Was it race cars and date beautiful women? Yeah, I mean, th there might have been a little bit of that involved. And uh, uh, yeah, so, you know, being the hero at the World Series or whatever. Um, but really, you know, early on in my career, I had a mindset that that marketing is where I wanted to be. I wanted to, you know, I, I love the psychology behind marketing and and how things influence people's behaviors and those kind of things. And so I just really got into just understanding psychology and, and understanding the psychology of, of making decisions and, and, and why people do that and how they're influenced. It's really where I fell in love with what I consider to be uh, kind of my first love, and that is brand. And, and brand is, is something that I've carried along with me because what I realize is that brand is so much more than what companies do. And, and, you know, a lot of people think that brand is a logo or brand is something that, uh, you know, that you advertise. And that's not it at all. Brand is is actually I, I define it as how a, a person feels about someone or something based on information they receive. That's a brand. And so that means you have a, you have a brand. You have a personal brand. You, your company has a brand. Uh, you have multiple brands because you play multiple roles. And so, it, you know, early on in my career, I was like, I just, you know, there's so much I want to do. There's so many big things I want to I want to accomplish big things. I want to get things done. 
and, and, you know, I, I wanted to move up as quickly as I could and work on those cool projects. And, and, and to me, that was how I was defining success early on in my career. And what I come to realize is that that's not success at all. So it was a long journey and it, it, it was a winding road to get from there to here and a lot of lessons along the way. Well, let's start with this then, because you mentioned it, the definition of success. Jody, how do you define success? Well, I think for me, success is defined at the end of the day, when I hang up my lanyard for the last time and I walk away, if there's one person that will think of me or look at me walking away or whatever, and they say, wow, you know, he really influenced my career. He he had a major impact on my life. Then, then I've been successful. That's success for me. It's, it's being able to to share with people what you've learned, to learn from people that you work with, to just have influence. I think influence is the greatest quality that a leader can have. It's, you know, there's a ton of leadership books that'll tell you like the five levels of leadership and all the, and all of it's great and all of it's important. But for me, influence is the most important thing that a leader can have. And being able to, to kind of wield that power of influence in a way that is impactful in a way that changes lives and in, in a positive way. I mean, for me, that's what success really is about. So what I'm hearing you say, Jody, <laughs> <laughs> is that uh, success is how many people are better off because I was alive. Is that right? I mean, it's, it really is like, what, what is it that I've brought to the table that has influenced and changed someone's life? I mean, there's a lot of things that we can accomplish in our careers. And there's a lot of things that I've accomplished. And, and I'm sure there's a lot of things that, that I will continue to strive to accomplish. All of those things are important. But for me, what I learned early on is that they don't last. It, it, that's not success. It's, it's important and we want to achieve things, but that's not how you define it. Because someone's going to come along and they're going to do something that you did. They're going to do it better or technology is going to advance or, or things are going to change. The markets are going to change. And what you did five years ago, is not going to make a bit of difference in, in the market today. And so what are those things that are long lasting? Those things that are long lasting to me is just being able to impart wisdom and be able to influence, to be able to, to share a little bit of what I've learned along the way with someone that's going to carry that on and hopefully influence someone else. And so that's how that builds. That's how it grows. And that's how it moves on. And I was fortunate to have, have people, you know, early on in my career and even now that provide that for me. And you spoke at one of these boot camps, you spoke about some of those people and again, about your career shifts and, and the changes in your philosophy. Can you tell that story for us here? I know that it's, it's be like retelling the story from the boot camp, but I'd love for, for our listeners to be able to hear a little bit about your story and the, the, the highs and the lows and the ups and the downs and, and how that shift happened, how that shift took place. Because I think that the, the key piece of advice you took from that is something that I think a lot of people need to hear. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny. I, I started my career and in, 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 you know, grew I grew up in the upstate of South Carolina. So I was raised just outside of Malden, you know, in, in Greenville County, and um went to school at USC Upstate. I I'll tell my age because it was not USC Upstate when I went there. It had an S on the end of it instead of a U. But uh, you know, after I graduated college, I went to work for a little weekly newspaper that covered the Malden, Simpsonville, Fountain Inn area, covered the Golden Strip, and it was called the Trivian Times. And when I went to when I went there, I met someone who is like on the on the top five people uh, of that have influenced my life. And she was just this quintessential grandmother. She had you know long flowing white hair that kind of curled at the neckline. You know, she she wore the 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 silk shirt that buttoned all the way up at the collar and had the had the puffy sleeves like Seinfeld, you know, um, the wool skirt down to her ankles, the the glasses that hung around her neck that was held on by the chain that you pull the ceiling fan with. And, and, you know, she was just I mean, if Norman Rockwell could paint what grandmothers would look like, they would paint XC Newton and XC was just just this amazing, quiet godly woman. And, and she, what I loved about XE is that you, you knew exactly where you stood. You were either on her good side or you weren't. And somehow, some way I was fortunate enough to be on XE's good side. And she kind of took me under her wing when I came to the paper and she, you know, she would always give me advice. She would give me such sound advice, but I remember I'd been there for a couple of years 
been selling advertising in the paper. I just kind of feel like I was spinning my wheels. I was a little bit of a rut. And, uh, you know, she came and knocked on, on the door to my office and she says, so are you going to tell me or what? And I was like, tell you what, actually, what, what are you talking about? She said, are you going to tell me what's bothering you or not? <laughs> and I just kind of laughed. I was like, okay, fine. You know what, Exy, I, I'll be honest with you. I just feel like I'm, I just feel like I need to move on. Like I can't do big things here. I'm ready to accomplish big things. I want to get things done. I want to be part of something big. I want to work on important projects and, and accomplish great things. That's what I want to do for my career. And I don't think I can do that here at this little paper. And so Exy kind of nodded her head and she turned around and she walked out of the room. And I'm like, what, what was that? Like, where are you going? Where's my advice? Where's my support? You know, she just walked out, went her office, shut her door. Right. And, um, you know, a couple of days, I just kind of blew it off. And a couple of days later, I, I, I go into her office and knock on the door and I'm like asking her a question. And she says, so now let's talk about what you said the other day. And I said, okay, sure. Actually, you know, I just, I just feel like I need to move on. I feel like I need to go and do big things and, and be successful and work on these big projects. And I don't know that I can do that here. And she said, do you really think that's what that is? Do you mm. really think that's what success is? Mm. I said, yeah, I do. I mean, you know, anyone that's successful, you think about it, they've done great things. Jordan won six NBA titles, you know, Tiger Woods won all of these major, they, they accomplished big things. And that's what mm -hmm. I want to do. Mm -hmm. And she, uh, she kind of smiled and she said, okay, if you think that's what that is, then you go do that. And, you know, six weeks later, I'm walking into her office and I'm, I'm telling her that I'm leaving. I found another job. You know, and she gets up, she gives me a hug. She says, you just remember something. Success is not about what you do. It's about who you influence. Mm. And I was 22 or 23 at the time, you know, I'm like, okay, whatever. Thanks, sexy. You know, keep your boomer advice. I'm moving on, you know? And so I did, I moved on. I worked for a larger company. You know, at the time I was in two years in, I had this opportunity to work on a really cool project. Again, I'm going to tell my age here because this, and it's part of the story, but I was working for a life insurance company and we had the opportunity to be the first company to offer term life insurance bought and sold completely online with this newfangled technology called electronic signature that had just, the law had just passed. It's really cool stuff. And, you know, you fill out this application on a, the, on the website, you get issued the policy, you have your policy online. We were going to be the first company to do that. And we were, and, we, and it was incredibly successful. We had so many different large, large insurance websites that wanted to sell our product, insure.com, you know, Quotesmith, some of the, some of the big boys that really wanted to, to take part of that. And we partnered with them. It was great. I felt like, oh, this is great. This is success. First year we had, we just produced so many, so much money, so much sales and, and issued so many policies. Same thing for the second year. Third year, it began to taper off because Gerber Life got into it. And they did the same thing that we did. And then mm -hmm. all of a sudden there was protective. And then all of a sudden there was Transamerica. And, and suddenly we were just one of many that were doing the same thing. And a lot of them were doing it better than we were, to be quite mm -hmm. honest. Mm -hmm. And the next, you know, in a couple of years, we're not even a name in that market. And so, you know, it, it just, it left me feeling empty. Like I, we were on top of the world. I, I, I had accomplished this big thing. We were, you know, we worked together to become this, the first in the industry to do something big. And all of a sudden we weren't even mentioned. And so I moved on I moved on to another company and, and worked there for a while. And, and it was then I began to realize that, yeah, you know, working on these big projects, working on these big things, accomplishing these things, are, they're all great. I mean, it, it was absolutely a huge opportunity for the company. We made a lot of money for the company. You know, all the all of that stuff is great. I mean, it's important to accomplish those things, but it wasn't what fulfilled you. You know, it wasn't success for me. And it, it was probably, I guess it was probably 2006, 2007, somewhere in that time frame that I ran into a friend that that worked at the paper with me and they said, oh, did you hear about Exy? And I'm like, no, how's she doing? And he's like, oh, well, I'm sorry to tell you this, but she passed away. 
And I was like, oh, wow. You know, and, and, it, and I really began to reflect on it and reflect on really the last time that I spoke to her and, and, and what she said. Success is not about what you do. It's about who you influence. And the further along that I went in my career, the more I realized how much she was right in terms of just how that just lasts and how long and how it can just pass on from person to person. She passed that on to me. I hope I'm passing that on to other people. And, and that legacy just continues. And so it, it, you know, there's no technology that's going to come along and, and, and like make that obsolete. There's, there's no one that's going to come along and, and kind of take that away from you or, or mm -hmm. do it better. It's just, it's something that builds and something that adds. And I hope I'm honoring her memory and doing that. And I hope, you know, someday when I'm dead and gone, somebody's honoring me that way. And then they get honored as well. And it just kind of pays forward to me. That's what success really is about. Right. It's a ripple effect. It's leaving a mark long after you're gone. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And it's not even about me leaving the mark. It's about just passing on things that I've learned from others and, and, mm -hmm. and just kind of keeping that knowledge and that understanding going. That's, that's what's really important. And it is what fulfills me. I, I just love to be able to, to see someone tackle a problem or a situation in a way that's like, oh yeah, I see myself in that a little bit. That's cool. Talking about passing along secrets or whatever it may be, piece of advice. If you had to choose one thing, Jody, one thing is your key piece of advice. What would that one thing be? Wow, that's a that's an interesting question. I think uh, I think when when I'm, I'm thinking about what key advice you can give to someone, I have to come back to just really understanding who you are, be authentic. So authentic is such, it's so interesting because I, I was actually, I'm writing a, a blog post as part of my Toastmasters project. Um, I'm working on a little bit of a blog and, and going to come out with uh, several posts that just have to do with influence. And, and one of the things that I did this year or going into 2023, I don't, I don't do new year's resolutions. I've learned very quickly that, they don't work for me. <laughs> that is not a motivator. The The fact that it's a new So you year, need to listen uh, to episode 19 of success I, in I, South I, Carolina. <laughs> I, I did. I did. I, I, absolutely. It just doesn't, I mean, for, but if they work for you, that's great. I mean, go for it. But for me, it's, it's just not one of those things. But one of the things that I did for 2023 is that I, I wrote a brand statement for myself. Like I wanted I wanted to capture kind of that, that North star, that, that compass, you know, and, and that, that points you always back, back to really why you're doing what you're doing. I'm looking at it from my professional life and, and leadership and my brand statement really is about how I want people to feel about me as a leader. And it's influencing leadership through authentic connections for mutual betterment. And so there are three really key important things uh, that went into the development of that. And influential leadership is, is kind of what I talked about earlier. I just want to be able to impart some wisdom, learn from others, be able to share the knowledge and influence someone, uh, whether they work for me or whether they're, you know, I'm mentoring them or whether they're mentoring me or whether I work for them. I want it to be just something that we just are able to to share what we know and to really influence and have an impact on each other's lives. But the second part of that is kind of where this piece of advice comes in and it's through authentic connections. And it's interesting because when you, when you say authentic, you, you know, some people immediately go towards, well, authentic, Oh, you want me to be like nice and, 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 you know, and, and that's not what it is at all. Being authentic just means that, Hey, this is, this is the real me. I'm showing you who I am so that you know exactly what to expect from me, flaws and all. So here I am, you know, this is, this is my true self. And so when I feel like I can make an authentic connection with someone, I know exactly what I can expect from them. I know exactly what they can provide for me, what knowledge they can impart upon me, what, how they can help me and how I can help them, the strengths that they have that match up with the weaknesses that I have. And so it, it a lot of times people will say things like, Oh, you know, I want to be, you know, I want to be good or I want to have a positive influence. Those are things that people can fake. And, and I just, you know, I just really believe that in order to be successful, in order for you to be able to, to achieve success and in fulfillment, you have to be true to yourself. You have to be authentic and you have to be real with, with everyone that you come into contact with. 
So that yeah, be it, my piece of advice. Just be be authentic. So how do you stay authentic, Jody, and be yourself while also wanting to become a better version of yourself, right? Yeah, it's tricky, right? I mean, you have to first understand your strengths. You have, and, and I, few, uh, about a month ago, I went through um, through Strength Finders, uh, which is uh, which is a an assessment that was that's offered through Gallup. And I wanted to identify what are my top 10 strengths. And through that, I, and that's really where I started developing this brand statement and, and really trying to understand. What, I went into it wanting to understand what I could work on, how I could improve and how I could get better, um, because I'm always trying to do that. But really what I found the value in is, is finding those top 10 strengths and then defining how I want to use those and what I want to accomplish through those. And so strength finders really helped me just identify those things. And, and then, you know, from, from being authentic, those are the things that I'm going to show. Those are, that's, that's my true self. Right. And then how do I want to improve on that? Well, I want to find ways to make those even better, more impactful. I think it's so much more important to work on your strengths than it is your weaknesses. Your weaknesses are probably always going to be your weaknesses. doesn't mean you shouldn't focus on them or work on them, but I think you should spend more time on your strengths and surround yourself with people that complement your weaknesses. And that's how you can really, you know, build a powerful team. That's how you become really successful. But, but being authentic, you just have to, you just have to know who you are. You have to know what matters. You have to know what your core values are. You have to understand what it means to be you. And then from that, how do you want to be a better version of you? I, I have a uh, I have a keynote that I use oftentimes. It's it's about brand. It's called Life is Brand, and in that I, I talk about authenticity and and how you can really stage that for your brand. And one of the things that I use is the fill in the blank. And so this is the blank that you fill in, and the statement that you have blanks in. It says, "I don't want my blank to know me for the blank that I am. I want my blank to know me for the blank that I want to be." And so fill that in as a father, right? I don't want my children to know me for the father that I am. I want my children to know me for the father that I want to be. And so it requires a couple of things. It requires, first of all, you need to know who you are in whatever role you're playing. That's being authentic. Who is your true self? But then you need to know what you want to be, how you want to improve that. And if you know those two things, then you just have to go out and do it. You have to find the things that you want to work on to improve. And whether that's taking a class or going to a conference or understanding, you know, watching a TED talk, whatever it is, find the things that you want to improve on and then go after it and do it. Jody, you've just given me a little bit of revelation here because I know that we all want to imitate other people or be like someone else. You know, when I was growing up, we had the uh, Michael Jordan commercials, Be Like Mike. But I recently read a book by a guy named Ogbandino called uh, Greatest Miracle in the World. And in that book, he talks about how there's value in rarity. And guess what? There is no, there's 8 billion people on this planet. And not one of them is a Jody Powell. Only one, one in 8 billion. There's only one. So being that authentic, unique person that you are is bringing your greatest value to the marketplace. So that's, man, that's, I, I appreciate you sharing that with you. That's a great, if I had to share one key piece of advice, that's a good one. I like it. Yeah. Well, it's funny you mentioned that because one of I have a favorite movie quote um, that I use often and it's not very popular. You know, you ask people like, what are some, what's your favorite quote? And, you know, people are like, life is like a box of chocolates or you can't handle the truth. You know, they go to the the famous ones. Well, mine is so just so innocuous. Like people have no, have never heard it. Um, but then when I, when I say what it is, it's like, oh yeah, I've seen that movie. Unfortunately, it's a Matthew McConaughey movie. I, I'm sorry for that, but you know, it is what it is. All right, all right, all right, all right. Yeah, it's not all right, all right, all right, but, but that's a good one. No, it, it's it's from <laughs> it's it's from his movie uh, A Time to Kill. And if you don't know the movie, it's it's a movie about an African American man who who in broad daylight shoots and kills two white men who raped his eight year old daughter. It's a very powerful, moving story. And it, and it's in the deep South and the uh, African-American was played by Samuel Jackson. And he hires the, this white lawyer, Matthew McConaughey to represent him. And McConaughey is just this small town lawyer. He's never had a, a big murder trial before, uh, but he has a mentor. And this mentor of his is a disgraced, disbarred, uh, uh, disbarred lawyer 
who hasn't set foot in a courtroom in 25 years because of this, this, this terrible thing that he did in the past, whatever, but he's just a brilliant lawyer. He's played by Donald Sutherland, one of my favorite actors. So, you know, it's coming close to the end of the movie and I won't give away the movie. If you haven't seen it, you need to go check it out. But McConaughey and, and Sutherland are just talking to each other and, and they're talking about the closing the closing statement that McConaughey's going to make and, and, um, and Sutherland's character is named Lucius and McConaughey says, Lucius, I, I just, I just want to go in there and be you. And Sutherland kind of looks at him funny. And he says, me, don't be me, be better than me. And I, I love that line. I'm like, why can't, why can't leaders, why can't managers manage that? And like, people come to you all and say, what would you do in this situation? I just want to do what you would do. Don't be me. Be better than me. Go, go find a better solution than what I'm going to give you. Come up with something that's that's revolutionary. And so it, it's so true what, what you said. It made me think of that mentioning the book there that that you know you're one in one out of eight billion. So don't imitate anyone else. Don't want to don't try to be anyone else. Just go be the best version of you that you can be. Right. And if you're imitating them, you're a second rate version of them anyway. But you can right. be the first rate version of you. Exactly right. That's exactly right. And and you know, I hate to I, I hate to quote. Uh, I think I think it's Coach K that said this. And I hate to quote Coach K. Um, you know, why is that? Leader. I'm not <laughs> a Duke Are you? Fan. I'm just oh, not a Duke on, fan. Come on. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's uh, you know, Duke whether or not you're a Duke fan, you got to love just, the guy, though. Just not. You, oh yeah. I mean, great leader, fantastic motivator, and he says, "Be you. You is enough." Hmm. And, and that's just, wow, man, that's so simple. It's such a simple statement, but it's so powerful and so motivating and so true because if, if we just had, and it goes back to what we were talking about earlier, if, if you have the mindset, if you have the confidence to go out and try things and, and to go out and do things that you never would do, or you never would think that you would do, I never thought I would speak in front of a thousand people. I never thought that I would ever that that thought terrified me when I was younger. It's fun. I tell a story about my wedding. I have a few funny stories about my wedding actually, but, but in my wedding, you know, I'm giving, we're doing our vows and my wife just is just this beautiful thing. And her voice is so sweet and it's just perfect. They get to me and my voice isn't like doing this because I'm shaking and everyone's coming up to me afterwards saying, Oh, that was so sweet. You were so emotional. I wasn't emotional. I was nervous. I didn't, I didn't like speaking in front of all those people. I have no idea what I said. I don't even know. And we can't, and, and here's the second funny story. We can't go back and find out what I said. Um, I am a closet professional wrestling fan. I don't tell too many people. Well, I do now because I've just said it on the podcast, but I'm a professional wrestling fan. So back in the day, back all in right, the let me VCRs, stop you. Let me stop you for a second. Who's, yeah. your, who's your guy? Oh, the nature boy, Ric Flair. Woo! Woo! <laughs> Absolutely. And, and all right, all right. It's funny because he makes an appearance in the story because what happened was after we got married, my wife would watch our wedding video over and over. She's like, oh, yeah. Did you know so-and-so was there? They were sitting like the fifth row. They're barely on camera. I caught a glimpse. I'm like, I don't care. Who was they? like?" But she loved to watch the video over and over again. Well, Monday night came and it was time. You know, we were going out to eat and, you know, I'm setting the VCR because you know, WCW Monday Nitro is coming on. And so it goes from my wife walking down the aisle to Ric Flair walking down the aisle. Woo! And I have never, I have yet to live that down. It's, oh man, to this day. Oh my goodness. Any, any, and my son's getting married this in, oh. in, in June. And, you know, anytime we talk about the wedding, my wife's like, well, I would show you ours, but apparently wrestling was more important. <laughs> Oh, that is great. Wow. I thought I heard yeah. some good ones. That's a great one, Jody. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, let's shift over. Uh, I want a lot of our listeners to know a little bit about your speaking career because you are really making some great strides in your speaking career. Like you said, you've done several keynotes. You're speaking in front of thousands of people. If let's, here's the, the let me get my words straight. See, I need to become a better speaker. 
If there's a listener out there who wants to develop into a speaking career, Jody, first of all, what are some things you, what are some pieces of advice you'd give them to begin? Hey, here's what you need to do to start your career. Maybe it's a join a Toastmasters, maybe it's do this, or maybe it's speaking at your local uh, commerce club, whatever it may be. What, what piece of advice would you give to someone who's just starting? That's that's great question because I feel like I'm just starting, and and you know my my speaking career. What I want that to be is a retirement plan, and um, I've got. I'm 48 years old, so I've got a good 10 to 12 years left in in corporate America. And so, what I plan to do over the next 12 years is to slowly build and rehearse and practice that business, so that when I do retire, you know, I can transition right into that and. And I can travel and and go speak. And, you know, that's a way for my wife and I to be able to travel. And it's just going to be, you know, hopefully I, I think that's going to be a really cool thing. But, uh, you know, some of the, the the best advice that I received when I first started was from a, a really, really good friend. He's a Hall of Fame speaker. He's done it, you know, for 30 years and, and is just an amazing speaker. His name is Steve Gilliland. And if you if you have not heard of him or if you don't know, he's, he's written several really powerful books. Go to stevegilliland.com, YouTube him, check out some of his clips. He's an amazing speaker. And what Steve told me was, don't quit your day job. And it mm. sounded like an insult, right? It's like, hmm. Are you telling me I'm not a good? He's like, no, what I'm telling you is, is that it's, it's, it's not a lucrative business when you're first starting out. It's not Mm -hmm. something, you know, it's not a, it's not a, one of these gigs that you can just quit and work a few hours a day and you're making tons of money and you don't have to work anymore. It's like, stick with your job, stick with your career, because that's going to do two things. Number one, it's going to provide you with a solid income. And number two, it's going to give you really good experience and really good things to think about and talk about and share as you're building your speaking resume. Hmm. And so that's, that's kind of how I've approached it. I've approached it in, in very much a, a long form thought process that this is going to take time to build. And I want it to take time to build because quite frankly, I love what I do. I love my job. I have no, I have no desire to, to leave what I'm doing. I'm, I'm, I feel like I have so much more to give there. And so through that, though, what I do want to do, you know, in my own time, in my spare time, and is, is to begin to make connections, to begin to make connections with uh, speaker bureaus and those kind of things that can provide bookings and, and be able to share a message. And so I would say for those, for anyone that's really thinking about this, the first thing you need to do is to understand what you want to talk about. And, and what I would recommend is really to think about things that you're passionate about. Find the thing that you just would love to argue with someone about or, or share with or, or, or impart wisdom upon someone about and, and begin to build out stories around that. And some of the greatest speakers in the world will, uh, will have messages and then tell stories around them. Stories are so key. It takes people on an emotional journey. And, you know, so, so really find what you're passionate about, start thinking about what you want that to be, and then absolutely jump into a Toastmasters club, join Toastmasters and practice. That is the best thing that Toastmasters provides speakers is the ability to practice and learn and get feedback and grow. You know, when I competed in the international speech competition uh, last year, uh, it, you go through certain levels and you start at your club and you have to win your club and then go to the area and the region and the district. And, and you know, you just go through, go through different uh, levels to, to, to advance. And my speech at my club, it was not good. The only reason I won the club is because I was the only one qualified to participate in the international speech contest in our club. Like I was it. If the only way I was losing is if I went over my time. <laughs> so it, it just wasn't. And, and, and it was that feedback. And it was actually feedback that I got from Lee who, who said, you know, you, and, and I had such a tough topic. I really pushed myself. I, my speech in the, in the contest was about um, depression and suicide. Mm. And that's not me. Like, that's not the kind of speeches that I typically, like I'm typically an upbeat, a lot of comedy, a lot of laughter, a lot of self-deprecation because that's, you know, no one's funnier than, than you making fun of yourself. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So to get to, to do that really pushed me. And, but I felt like it was a really important message to share it. And, and, you know, mental health and, and wellness is so, so important and impacts so many people. And, so the feedback I got what from my first speech was, you know, you had a lot of statistics that were good. I don't remember any of them. 
you didn't take me on a journey. You didn't take me on this emotional journey. You have to take, you have to take your audience on an emotional journey. And, and so, you know, I, I said, well, what does that even look like? How do I do that? And I started doing some research. I started talking to people that have been impacted by suicide because of family members. And, and, I, and suddenly I, I just started forming this story about a, a, a man named Jim. And, and Jim is a figment of my imagination. He, I conjured him. I gave him a backstory. I gave him a situation that he went through. I gave him a, a, a suicide attempt. I gave him someone that came alongside of him that just wouldn't take fine for an answer. And that was the mm-hmm. title of my speech is when you, you ask someone, how are you doing? And they'll say, fine. Chances are they're not fine. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, so what do you do from that? You ask, you listen, and you act, right? And and so I say all that to say that, you know, Toastmasters provided me with that feedback. And 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 because if I'd used that first speech, I wouldn't have gone, I wouldn't have gotten past the second round. Hmm. I mean, it was okay, but it but it didn't have that emotional punch that you need to take, you know, that that ride, that emotional roller coaster that you take your your audience on. And and so, you know, as a speaker starting out, the best thing you can do is practice your speech and get a lot of feedback on how you can make it better. And getting just maybe one or two or three great speeches, you don't have to have be able to speech on speak on every single topic, right? Uh, no. I, and the great thing about Toastmasters is that you choose the topic. So you follow your passion. And 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 so you find the things that you want to talk about. I've talked about every, in Toastmasters meetings. I've talked about, you know, my kids, um, you know, I've talked about my wife and some of the interactions and crazy things that we've been through. Um, I use my personal life, life. I use my professional life. I use things that I hear people say. Um, I, you know, it, it's 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 whatever comes to mind. And and you just build upon that and you tell a story and and you, you know, you have a powerful opening that grabs their attention and a strong closing that leaves them you know, with the one thing that you want people to think about as they walk away. And um, it's a lot of fun because you just have creative freedom to 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 speak about whatever you want to do. As we're wrapping up here, I'd like to be able to promote you as a speaker and speaking engagements. What are what are the, the topics that Jody Powell speaks about? If someone invited him, what, what can they select from? You know, it's interesting. I I really, as I mentioned, I developed this keynote around brand and I build upon that. So when I think, when I think about brand, it's really, uh, it's really how you can influence how people feel about you. And I talk about a a concept that was developed by Marty Neumeyer, who is just this brand genius. Um, If you haven't checked out his book, um, definitely, definitely do that. Um, he, he, in fact, he has several, but the brand gap is the one that really spoke to me and it's written for companies to think about how they position their brand and and that sort of thing, but you can apply it for your personal life. But, but he, he developed a concept that was called the charismatic brand and the charismatic brand is a brand that people feel like there's no substitute for. And so I used the story of my wife. When we first got married, my wife called me up at work. She's like, hey, honey, how are you doing? I'm like, oh, I love, you know, it's that honeymoon phase. Like, ah, we don't do that anymore. But, <laughs> but she calls me up. She's like, can you go to the store? I need some bread and some milk and 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 pick me up a box of Kleenex. I'm like, yeah, I got you. I'm, I will do that for you. And so I'm leaving work. I go to the store and I get the bread and I get the milk and I get the dog food. And, and I grab a box of Kleenex. I'm like, oh, puffs are on sale. 50 cents. Ha. I'm going to get some puffs. I'm going to save us some money. She's going to love me. I walk in the door. I say, here's your groceries, baby. I start unpacking them and I pull it. And and guess what? 50 cents off. I got a box of puffs and I have never seen someone change in an instant the way that she changed. What are those? Those aren't Kleenex. And for the next 30 minutes, I got a lesson I got a lesson on why Kleenex are better than puffs. <laughs> so you're saying your wife transformed, transformed into macho man, Randy Savage. Oh, immediately. <laughs> and we were not snapping. Let me tell you, brother. Brother. <laughs> no, it was, it was on. It was on. Um, and, and, and so you know, for her though, clean, there's no substitute for Kleenex. Right. And so that's what I build upon in my keynote is, is how do you create a charismatic brand for yourself in whatever role that you're playing? How many of us have kids that want that, that we want our kids like to say, you know, there's no one else I'd rather have as a, as a parent than you. 
how many of us want our spouses to say that I, you know, there's no one else in the world I'd rather be married to than you. How do we create that? And, and I walked through five things that you can be in order to create that charismatic brand in a keynote. And then from those five things, I also have built keynotes out for them. So I have some for, for being authentic, being self-aware, being humble. Um, so, so I work through all of those and, and build out keynotes for those as well. Are there any certain events or companies or, or, or where, where do you want to speak, Jody? I'm, I'm always willing to speak anywhere. And, and the reason behind that is that the more stage time you get, the more opportunities you get to speak, the, the, the more opportunities you have to improve. I, you know, I've, I've spoken in front of, you know, 450 people recently, and then like 15, it doesn't matter. Like I, mm-hmm. I'm more than I, like, I just want to be able to, to improve, to get better, to have stage time that for a speaker, that's the most important thing. How do you just continuously get stage time at stage time, stage time? I'll, I'll hopefully be able to build a brand that, that, that is able to be selective years down the road right, right. now. I'll talk to the wall. Right. I mean, if, okay, if I okay. get feedback, I will talk to the wall. <laughs> but that's all you require. Some good feedback. Uh, how would good, somebody, yeah. how would, how would one of our listeners get in touch with you if they wanted to uh, book Jody out for, as a speaker? Oh, wow. You know, you can just uh, hop on LinkedIn and look for me there. You can search my LinkedIn profiles, Jody E. Powell, or um, shoot me an email at Jody Edward Powell at gmail.com. And, um, you know, be glad to be glad to do that. I'm, I'm excited to do those things. I, I, I do tend to be a little selective because the way that I, unless they're on a weekend weekend, I'll, I'll speak all day long on a weekend, but you know, being respectful to the company that I work for, I take PTO to, to speak. Hmm. And so, you know, I only have so many PTO days, so I, I do tend to be selective during the week, but, um, but certainly, you know, I'm, I'm always open to, um, whether it's virtually or in person, I, I just love the opportunity to speak. Well, you heard it guys, uh, hit him up on Facebook or not on Facebook, hit him up on LinkedIn. Uh, Jody Powell, check him out, have him speak, especially on a weekend. If it's at a wall. <laughs> <laughs> so what I'm hearing you say is that I need to speak in the wall. <laughs> speak. You're going to speak it to, uh, to my wall here. You're going to speak to my dogs. I'm going to hold my dogs. You're going to speak to them. They'll give you good feedback. If, if they give me good feedback, if I get a few good barks, man, I'm all about it. All right, listeners, let's get out there and make our world, our country, and our community a better place. When you succeed, we all succeed. And as always, this is a friendly reminder that the left lane is for passing. So speed up or move over. <laughs>